Amen. Today I want to speak on the topic entitled, The Cure for a Troubled Heart. Hallelujah. The Cure for a Troubled Heart. How many of you know that Jesus has the cure if your heart is troubled? Now, um, there's a lot of heart trouble going on in this old world, can I just tell you? And when I say that, it's reported that cardiovascular disease is the number one killer among men. Jesus foretold of a time that when men's hearts would fail them, I don't think this is just spiritually, but I think this is also physically, would fail them because of fear from the tension, the stress that is accompanied with this world and its turmoils. Can I tell you, stress is a killer. How many of you know that? Stress will eventually kill you. You have to learn to balance and manage your life because if you don't, stress will get you. You have to be careful how much you watch the news sometimes because you'll get stressed out. Not only over things like this, I get stressed out during election season because I'm, I'm telling the TV and all these people while they're talking to me, I'm talking back to them, letting them know how wrong they are you know, it doesn't do any good. All it does is stresses me out. Stress is a killer. We have to learn to manage that stress. Stress and anxiety seems to abound on every site. And often in our world, it seems that stress is something that we can't get relief of. We just can't get away from it. When you look economically, at economic instability. You know, I looked at the market the other day, and thank God I don't have anything in it right now, but I looked at it the other day, and the market dropped 2,000 points. And then I looked at it, went up 600, and then the next day it dropped another 15, 1,600, and then it went up another 1,000. I mean, just up and down, up and down, trying to figure out where is the bottom, where is it going to stop at. We just can't seem to find out economic uh, insecurities go on and that causes stress. We have global conflict. You look at Saudi Arabia and Russia that are, that are fighting over oil prices right now. And it's good for the consumer. How many of you got cheaper gas lately? Thank God for it. Hallelujah. But they're fighting right now. Let me tell you something, folks. These are all signs of the end time. Whether we want to say it or not, the bottom line is everything that is going on around our world right now, not only, see, this is the thing. Right now, that we're dealing with a pandemic that is global. It's a global pandemic. It's not just a United States thing. It's a China thing. It's a Russia. It's an Italy thing. It's all around the world. It's Israel. It's all around us. This is going on. These are the type activities that I believe in the end time we are going to see and I think there's going to be more of these type things that are going to happen as we get closer to the coming of Jesus Christ it's going to pay to be ready isn't it folks there's going to be political unrest that goes on all of these things trigger our stress they add up and it will cause even the strongest hearts to feel bruised and battered and, and tremble with fear coronaviruses and many other viruses that may hit us it will cause our hearts to shake with fear but Jesus addresses our fears with a prescription of peace the peace of God that passes all understanding see he tells us let's look at John 14 verse 1 and and I'm going to do a lot of reading today. I can't help it, but the Word of God's going to speak for itself. There are three wonderful realities that I want to use from verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3 of this chapter. You know it very well. The first point I want to make is this, a faithful reassurance. The word reassurance means the action of removing someone's doubt or removing someone's 
fears. It is a reassurance. How many of you know that God can do that for you today? How many of you know that if you're fearful in your life today, that God can give you reassurance that you don't have to be afraid? Do you believe that today? A matter of fact, you know, as a husband and a wife, there's times that, that our spouse, we just need them to say, I love you, don't we? We need to hear it. We may believe it, we may know it, but sometimes, sometimes it's our own personal issues as we age or, or different things happen in our life. We need to be reassured that the person that we've married for life still loves us, still cares about us. That's why it's so important that we tell one another, I love you, honey, to give them that reassurance that even though you're going through things, even though we may not be having the best relationship right now, we may have argued last night, but this is the bottom line. I love you. You're my baby. You're my true love. So we have to do this because it reassures that person that we're in it with them for the long haul. Can I tell somebody today that is exactly what God in this verse is going to do for his people that I'm about to read to you. He wants you to understand that with all the turmoil going on, he wants you to know, hey, this is God. I'm still here. I still care. I'm giving you a reassurance with my words sometimes just here. Hearing it from their mouth is what makes the difference. God says, I'm going to do that for my people. In verse 1, he says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, then believe also in me. There is an intended image that is portrayed in this phrase. It is a picture of peace in the middle of a storm. It is an image of a world that is collapsing. But God says, I'm still holding you in the palm of my hands. It is this picture. The painting of the father. I remember a painting of a father as they were going down a dark alley and it shows the father and the son and the father is, has his hand on the shoulder of the son. It was as if he was letting him know that even though he was walking in darkness he was still there with him. Can I tell somebody that that is exactly what the hand of the Lord has done on my life. When I go through dark places he lays his hand on my shoulder and says Jimmy I am still with you even though you may not feel me even though you may not understand why I need you to know let not your heart be troubled because if you believe in God then believe also in me believe what I have told you believe the promises that I say are true my hand is on you through it all the hand of the Lord is guiding me through the valley of the shadow of death yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me I'm right here my God if we could just understand his love for us if we could truly just grasp how much Jesus cares for me we wouldn't have to worry because God said a thousand will fall at your side ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come nigh you the pestilence and famine will come all around but it will not come nigh you God is wanting us to know today we do not have to be fearful we do not have to get to a place of stress that it causes us to die we need to understand that Jesus Christ has been there all along anxiety has to leave fear has to leave stress has to subside he calms my troubled heart and this all begins with faith he says if you believe in me. Believe. You have to have faith in God or it will do no good. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that are not yet seen. That's what faith is. In Hebrews eleven six, 6 he said, but without faith it is impossible to please him. What will he do for? He comes who who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is what? That he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek 
Him. See, our strife and our troubles that come in this life, one day we need to understand God's trying to tell us, you need to believe this, that after a while, something's going to take place in this old world, and I'm going to do something for you, and all of the things that you dealt with, all of the mess that you went through, it is not going to compare to the glory and the riches that one day are going to be yours. So God gives us a faithful reassurance that He has got His hand on our lives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Verse 2, I want you to look at number 2, a future residence. These are cures for a troubled heart in these three verses. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. Somebody say it's for you. For you. If you are a child of God today, he says, I have went to prepare a residence for you. There is a real heaven, ladies and gentlemen. And it is being prepared for the people of God. Have you read about that city lately? Have you looked it up lately? Have you just took and taken the time, even in times like this, it's a great time to look at the future residence that's awaiting you. Listen, what if a virus does take me out? I want to show you what God says. He says, don't be worried about it, even if it does take you out. Let me show you what I've prepared for you. Now, we none like death. We don't like talking about it. We look at the honey and say, we need to get our will fixed up. My, my wife and I have the conversation every so often. And I'll be like, we don't need to talk about that. Why do you want to talk about that? You might be planning on dying. I ain't planning on going nowhere yet. We, we, we just don't like the conversation. It's a hard conversation to have, but it's the reality of life that sooner or later, death's going to hit us. It's going to hit us young. It's going to hit us old. Everybody is going to face this. But as children of God, our hearts should not be troubled because of this. Because we already know what's about to happen. We know that, that once we're gone from this life, he says in my father's house, there's many mansions. And listen, if it were not so, I would have told you. Do you think I'm lying to you? I've reassured you of these things. Every promise I've ever made, ever since the beginning of time, I have brought the past. Why would I lie to you about this now? I have gone to prepare a place just for you. See, I want to show you something. Revelation 21 too. Can I go there? And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Let's skip on down to verse 10, if we may. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. It was descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone. Now, I need you just to picture this. It was like Jasper as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. Let me tell you something. This residence has security guards. There will nobody come nigh it. The angels of God, just like they encamp around us now, they're going to encamp around us up there. The names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations. On them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Peter, James, John, the 12 apostles. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city. He wanted to measure its gates in its walls. When he measured it, he found it was square. Anybody know what a square is? Anybody ever seen a square? When he measures it, in fact, its length and width and height were all the same. They were 1,400 
miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick according to the human standard used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper. The city was pure gold. Can y'all even imagine this? Pure gold as clear as glass it is transparent you can see yourself in its image the wall of the city is built on foundation and laid with 12 precious stones and he names the stones verse 21 the 12 gates were made of pearls now grab this this is significant each gate from a single pearl my lord have mercy now i've seen some women wear some pearl necklaces you ain't never seen a pearl this big all right the gates of the city, each one is one pearl. Can, can, my God have mercy. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go to heaven. How about you? Let this world fall apart. Let it collapse. Let it do whatever it wants to do. But God has already told me, don't let your heart be troubled. I have went and I'm showing you what I have prepared for you. Listen, no wonder the songwriter said, I'm getting a little homesick. No wonder they wrote about Beulah Land. No wonder they wrote about, I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Because what's waiting for me up there is a lot better than what I've got down here or what I'll ever have down here. Do you hear what I'm preaching today? So there, there's a pearl, hallelujah, for each one. And the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. Can you imagine walking on gold? That's just, it, this is beyond my comprehension. I saw no temple in the city. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of a sun or moon. For the glory of God illuminates the city. The Lamb is its light. What a powerful thought. The nations will walk in its light. Kings of the world will enter. And it goes on and tells us a pile more thing. That everybody's name who was written in the Lamb's book of life would enter into that city. Listen to me folks. For over 2,000 years Jesus has been gone preparing this place for us. Don't you think it's about time that we start preparing ourselves for that place. I said 2,000 years ago Jesus went to prepare this place for us don't you think it's about time that the church and the world wake up and say God make my heart pure make my heart ready let no sin come nigh me I want to live a holy life because when I leave this old world this is what's promised to me this is my future residence now I may never have a mansion on a hill I live on a hill and my Lord sometimes I wish I didn't live on a hill Maybe in heaven he'll have some flat spots in the hill. I don't know. I'm glad I got a mansion on a hillside. There's many mansions. I'm telling you, he says, this is your future residence. Heaven is in our future children of God. And eternity in the presence of Jesus Christ is our future. We'll never grow old. We'll never be worried. We'll never be stressed. No COVID-19. We'll never get into the gates of that city. We'll never have to be quarantined. We'll never have to worry about Lysol wipes not being on the shelves or toilet paper on the shelf. We don't have to worry about that because we're going to be in a place called heaven. I don't know about you but this whole world don't hold anything for me. I'm ready to go to that land hallelujah flowing with milk and honey. See, see, see oh God yeah I went in the store the other day I got to walk down the aisle. I'm trying to figure out what, what toilet paper does for the virus. I can't figure I don't know if people are going to wrap themselves in it like mummies. I don't know what's going on people crazy about their toilet paper. They crazy about Lysol. They, they crazy about 
Uh, you can't even find any hand sanitizer. That's gone, ladies and gentlemen. It is gone. There's people literally in stores. I was watching it yesterday on the news. People are fighting over toilet paper. Fighting. And when I say fighting, I'm talking about they, somebody left on a stretcher fighting. I'm talking gangster thug fight. Y'all don't know nothing about that. But you start messing with people's toilet paper and you'll figure it out. They'll fight you too. I go in Walmart and Central the other day. I walked down the aisle. I thought, man, what in the world is this? There, there's nothing. So there's a little lady working there, a little uh, Hispanic lady stocking the shelves. And I said, yes, ma'am, could you direct me to the hand sanitizer? I knew there wasn't any. I just wanted to hear her talk. And, and she says, oh, we do not have any of this stuff. She said, there's no Lysol, and she starts naming them. I mean, there's like five things that she names. They even go over there, and they've sold out of Advil and ibuprofen. My Lord, have mercy. I told Jennifer, I said, I feel like it's doomsday. I mean, you're just walking around. But, but do you know what this has given me a picture of? What it's going to look like in the tribulation? And I'm going to tell you, something, it's an eerie feeling, isn't it? It's an eerie feeling. Now, I'm a child of God, I'm a believer, but I've got to admit to you, as I was walking down that aisle and I saw that, it kind of gave me a little eerie feeling. Up in Greer at the Walmart up there, I had one of the friends that was, that was posting some pictures there. The milk was sold out. There was literally one carton of milk that was in there. All of the meats, bolognese, hams that they have, huh, all of it sold out. All of the Lunchables that our kids eat. That are in the little boxes. You know what I'm talking about. If you've got children, you know what I'm talking about. All of those little boxes sold out. I thought, my God, this is what it's going to look like right before Jesus comes back. Maybe God is just giving this world a little taste of what it's going to look like. It is going to be a pandemic like we've never known. COVID-19 isn't going to be able to compare to what's coming on this old world. But I've got a promise from the Father that said you've got a reassurance. You've got a residence that you've got waiting for you in the future. Do not let your heart be troubled while everybody else is troubled. You don't have to be. While everybody else is running around like a chicken with its head cut off, you don't have to. Because let, hey, if you believe in God, believe also in me. I've got this under control. Let not your heart be troubled, regardless of what other people do. And I close with my third point. A firm resolution. Now, the resolution means the action of solving a problem. Well, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. A problem being solved. He's going to do something for our troubled hearts. He said, I'm going to solve this issue for you. The government can't solve it. And see, and this is why we take, listen, this is why we take things so seriously. I, I was listening to the Surgeon General of the United States just speak the other day. And somebody said, well, we got to have faith. Yeah, we also got to have a brain. All right. God didn't call us to be reckless with our faith. All right. And when I say that. The Bible also says that I can take up serpents and, and not be harmed. But that don't mean I'm going to dance around here with a rattlesnake, all right? Daring that thing, you bite me in the name of Jesus. No, I'm not that crazy. Now, if one falls out of a tree on me, then I'll rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Believe God's going to take care of me. If somebody puts poison in my drink and I drink it and I sanctify it, I believe that God won't let that poison touch me. But I'm not going to go out and get a bottle of bleach and let's see how long I can drink it before I croak over either. So we have to use wisdom in these things. And like the Surgeon General was saying, he said, this is going to be fixed at the local level. If we're going to fix this problem, it's the local level. He said, government can't do everything for you. In other words, the government doesn't have the answer to the solution. There's not just one thing the government can say and fix this thing. He says it comes to the local level. 
It comes to gatherings. It comes to churches. It comes to organizations. And making sure that they use caution. He said this from the spread of community spread in their communities. This is the way that we have to manage this thing. Self-quarantining when you're sick. and Keeping your hands washed. 20 seconds. All of these things that you can do. He says to be make sure that this doesn't spread. But I'm telling you. Listen to me. Jesus has the answer. Oh my God. Let's go to verse 3. I got, I got to close. And if I go, because he said he did, if I go and prepare a place for you, that's my mansion I'm talking about. He said, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. That is, man, I love it. If I go away, then he says, I will come again to receive. Somebody say receive. Receive. Now, Jesus spoke these words with great determination and resolve. Jesus has reserved the opportunity to come for his saints or his bride himself. He's not going to let the archangel do it, Gabriel. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Do you know Jesus stands sometimes? Jesus doesn't always sit. He stands to receive his saints. See, I want to show you several verses that speak of sitting. The posture of the Lord in heaven. In Psalm 110. He said the Lord said to my Lord sit at my right hand. Matthew 26. Hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds. Ephesians 2.6. He made us sit together in heavenly places. Hebrew 10.12. But after this man had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. He sat down. Jesus sat down at the right hand of God. But Jesus changes his posture in Acts chapter 7 and verse 55. Why did Jesus stand? Stephen prayed these words. Lord receive my spirit. In verse 59 he said Lord receive my spirit. It is at this moment that something miraculous happens but he being full of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost gazed up into heaven he saw the glory of God and Jesus what? He was not sitting. Jesus was standing at the right hand of God and he said look I see the heavens open and again he reiterates it to us he is not sitting but I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God God, when he got ready for Stephen to come home, my Lord got up off of his throne and he stood up. It's in Psalm 68 verse 1 that the Bible said that Jesus stood up to vanquish the enemies of David because the saint of God prayed. We sing the song, it is let God arise. And David began to pray, let God arise when my enemy comes up against me. Maybe today, any moment, I don't know when, but Jesus is going to stand up to receive his saints into the clouds. Do you hear what I'm telling you? He is sitting right now at the right hand of God making intercession. But I believe that he's getting ready to stand up again. Just like he stood up for Stephen. And he's going to say, it's time to bring my children out of this world that's full of trouble. This world that's full of stress. This world that's causing their heart to be troubled. It's not going to happen anymore. My children are coming home. Woo! Man alive. Mark 13. Let's go. 
Here we go. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory. Verse 27. And he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world. Man, it's going to be a global thing as well. But it ain't a virus. This is the coming of our Lord from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. He's going to be in every corner of the earth, all the four corners. And at that moment, everyone that's in Christ will rise up. Look at 1 Thessalonians. This is one of my favorite verses for the Lord. Himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord forever. My God, therefore, comfort one another with these words listen to me is your heart troubled today I want you to know that Jesus has a resolution to the problem I said he's got an answer to the problem and that answer is that when it gets so bad that we don't know what to do and we don't have an answer and we don't know what to turn to then we can lift up our heads for our redemption is drawing nigh let the shelves go empty of bread but the Lord's going to provide for his children let virus has plagued this land but the Lord's going to stand there for his children I'm glad I know who Jesus is today my heart doesn't have to be troubled man I'm wound up today help me Jesus the child of God I'm closing come on to the pen if you don't mind my dear sister I'm, I'm closing so the child of God has this peace that passes all understanding and while I look around I'm telling you, I ain't going to lie to you guys. It freaked me out when I saw empty shelves. That just freaked me out. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a pastor. I trust in God, all this kind of stuff. But just the reality of seeing that, it opened my eyes to what, how bad this world's going to get. And it ain't going to be just toilet paper, folks. It's going to be everything. And there's going to be people who are going to be wanting to buy stuff. And they're going to say, unless you've got the mark of the beast, you can't buy anything. I'm telling you folks, it's going to be a bad day. It's going to be a terrible day. But I've come to tell you today that in the middle of all of this, that God gives us a peace that passes all understanding based on the confidence found in the promises in the Word of God. I leave you with this scripture today in Philippians 4, 7. I want you to just meditate on this this week. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything, Woo. my God, that we can understand. We can't understand it. We can't explain it. But standing there looking at empty shelves, all of a sudden, the peace of God is going to fill your heart and say, why are you troubled? Why are you worried? I've got my hand on your life. I've kept, man, I kept my, I had my hand on you, Jimmy, before you were born. My hand was on you in your mother's womb. Why in the world are you worried now? My hand is still on you just as much now as it was then. And all of a sudden, I can't explain it, but the peace of God floods my soul. And I realize who I serve and how powerful He is and how He has everything under control when the world is out of control. It, it exceeds all my understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ 
Jesus. I want to show you. He said, I am a guard around your heart. Every time that fear tries to enter, I'm going to step in the way and say, uh-uh, get away from my child. Uh-uh, he's not going to be afraid. He's not going to respond like the world responds. He doesn't have to. He has this peace that passes all understanding. He said, I will guard your hearts. Listen, as you live in what? As you live in stress, as you live in anxiety, as you live in trouble, as you live in discouragement, as you live in despondency, as you live in fear. He said, as you live in Jesus Christ. Woo! That means He is first in everything. As you walk in me, you talk in me, in me you move and live and you breathe and you have your being. As long as you are walking in Christ, then this peace will fill your life like you never imagined. I got a faithful reassurance. I got a future residence. And I got a firm resolution. Let not your heart be troubled. Jesus definitely today has something that my government doesn't have for me. He has a cure for a troubled heart. And He speaks to His children in the middle of chaos. <laughs> and He says, let not your heart. I don't care what they do. Alright, they're troubled. But you let not your heart be troubled. If you can just believe. Let's all stand in the house of God today. God bless you. We love you all today. Thank you for coming out. I see there's others that would normally be here that aren't today that felt uncomfortable with coming. I had some phone calls. That's fine. We want them to be safe. Today, fist bump, elbow bumps is the smartest thing to do. I got one pastor friend that's been saying, I love you like this. Whatever you feel comfortable. But just take care of yourself this week. And um, I want to pray God's protection on this church before we leave today. Father, today we thank you that you have the answer. You have the answer to all of life's problems. Before this ever happened, you already knew it was going to happen. You already knew it. You knew it before it hit the news media. You knew it before our president knew it. God, you knew it even from the beginning of time. You knew it. And you've already got a recipe for us. And that is to fear not. Let not our hearts be troubled. Father, while we're not afraid because we know we can walk in Christ, we also use wisdom. We use caution because you've also wrote a whole book in Proverbs about wisdom. So evidently we need to use it sometimes as well. Father, I pray protection over this church. I pray that like the Israelites, that you would keep them from contracting this virus. I pray that you would keep them from it in the name of Jesus. I pray that the blood of Jesus would be a guard around our houses. A guard around our communities. A guard around our schools. A guard, Lord, that God, God, Satan would love to bring fear. But God, I'm praying in Jesus' name that you would let us experience the peace of God in a way that we never have before today. Let not your heart be troubled. God bless you today is our prayer. Amen. Appreciate you. Don't forget the bread is on the right-hand side. If you'd like to have some, grab you one on the way out. We love you all.